May the words spoken here honor the God through whose words light breaks forth. Defenseless under the night, our world in stupor lies. Yet, dotted everywhere, ironic points of light flash out wherever the just exchange their messages. May I, composed like them of eros and dust, beleaguered by the same despair, show an affirming flame. This poem by W.H. Auden was tucked into one of my ordination cards four years ago, a gift from a mentor of mine. It's tacked to my cork board above my desk now. It's been of use many times as both a prayer and a guide. The poem points to our collective identity as points of light, often beleaguered by despair, yes, and yet still able to show an affirming flame to the world. You hear me speak of light a lot. I think, of God's light and of our light and of the fact that it is only light that can cut through the darkness of our times. I speak of light so often in part because I love Jesus and Jesus spoke of light a lot. You are the light of the world, he tells us today. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This gospel has become popular in poetry and in music at weddings, and perhaps most famously, as an uplifting tune in the musical Godspell. The message of light is optimistic and joyful in Godspell. As the actors sing, you are the light of the world, I will spare you my rendition, (laughs) they skip playfully across the stage in rainbow suspenders and face paint. As a teenager, I loved the exuberance of God, that, of God's love that I experienced through that playfulness and joy. I still enjoy that energy, but I now hold it in tandem with a more solemn image of light. Light, our light, has beacons of hope atop lighthouses in very stormy seas as single flames on lampstands in dark houses as we awake from bad dreams in the dead of night, as life-saving sparks of hope amid the despair of hopelessness, as reminders of what is real, of who gives us courage to navigate stormy seas, and of who is with us in our darkest hours, Light is life, is love, is our Lord with us in all ways, 
through all things, all the time. There is a wave of darkness in our world right now. It has to do with the misuse of power and with the impact of that power on refugees, immigrants, minorities, and many of the groups of people that Christ specifically told us to welcome with our light held high. We as a church have grappled with how to be the church in this time, aware that we in and around Concord are not likely as affected personally as many around the world, and yet we are painfully aware that the suffering is there and it is somehow hitting closer to home than usual. We are aware of being a nonpartisan, not too political, spiritual home for a variety of people. And we are trying to find the place where we stand up, courageous in the gospel mandate to love our neighbor and pray for our enemy, mindful of our baptismal vow to work for justice and peace and to respect the dignity of every human being. Careful to not isolate the person in the next pew who may experience things differently than we do. It has been difficult. Our bishop, Alan Gates, sent us a letter this week, a beacon of light, and it anchors us in our faith through scripture. I want to share part of his letter with you. Here it is from Bishop Gates. This past Sunday we read, as assigned by our lectionary cycle, from a text which speaks directly to us as people of faith caught in political tumult and ethical debate. When the chosen people of God expressed uncertainty as to how they were to move forward faithfully, the prophet Micah spoke to them with breathtaking clarity. God has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. In its stark simplicity, the prophet's mandate has given us the interpretive moral lens through which to examine and evaluate not only our own personal decisions, but also those being made on our behalf by our national and local leaders. In the face of any claim to rightfulness offered on behalf of a directive or policy, I find that Micah has given me the moral framework I need, asking, is it just? Is it merciful? Is it grounded in humility? I'm grateful for this letter from Bishop Gates, and I commend the full letter to you, along with a letter from the Massachusetts Council of Churches. They went out on the same day, and they can both be found at the back of the church, stapled together, or on our website, or on the diocesan website. The bishop's message helps us to stand together in faith, in our own internal diversity, and with the diversity of our wider communities and world, 
and have a common Christian way to assess what we are seeing happening to people in our world, in God's world, and then to gauge our own responses, our prayers and actions together and individually. I do believe that if we walk with Jesus, guided by those words of Micah, if we do justice, love kindness, and stay humble, we together can be a strong beacon of hope. We can be a part of the light of the world that Christ calls us to be. We will not put our light under a bushel by joining with the energy of fear and anxiety and darkness that permeates everything right now. Somehow, in a thousand different ways, empowered by scripture, sacraments, and our communal prayer life, we will rise together with Christ as essential points of light amid the darkness that God's light bursts out into the world. Defenseless under the night, our world in stupor lies, yet dotted everywhere, ironic points of light flash out wherever the just exchange their messages. May we composed like them of eros and dust, beleaguered by the same despair, show an affirming flame. Amen.